Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week we're joined by Matt Harris, the property guru himself, to talk about changes to the Resource Management Act. Welcome, guru. Welcome, managing director of Lighthouse. <laughs> Thanks, James. Mike, I'm glad you didn't call me the prince of property because Andrew <laughs> Nick will probably come and hurt me. <laughs> I, I've thrown in the word king a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah. I feel like just cutting it out and sending it to him. <laughs> so, Matt, occasionally, especially around the uh, election, the word RMA, reforms, it needs to change, blah, 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 mm. has been popped up for a while. National and Labor have teamed up and mm. got a little bit little bit going on. Uh, what are these zoning changes that have come through or proposed to be worked through? Yeah, so probably the uh, largest single change uh, in terms of zoning and density that we've had in as long as I've been a property investor and probably prior to that. Uh, in effect, what the government's proposing is changes to the RMA uh, Resource Management Act that um, they're calling the medium density residential standards. In short, what it's going to allow is uh, more intensified development of uh, single house or single zoned housing areas. Uh, so if I'm just going to go through it a little bit, you're going to be able to get uh, four or more dwellings of up to three storeys on, uh, on land without having to go through uh, the resource consent process. Yep. So you still need a building consent. So for people who don't know, uh, when you do changes to your house, uh, most of the time, or and or do developments, you have to do first a resource consent, then you do a building consent. So the resource consent uh, talks about the, the land and the effect on the neighbours and height to boundary, things like that. The building consent is more to do with the materials and what you're actually going to do on the land. Yep. Uh, but it is a process and it's time consuming and it's costly. Uh, so what this will do is allow you to put more dwellings on smaller sections. So you no longer will, if you've got a thousand square metre section, a single zone area, you you might be, might have been able to chop that, go through RC and, and chop that into two 500 square metre sections. Now you'll be able to go a lot smaller. Okay. And does this apply for the whole country? Are we going to see, you know, the likes of Cayo, Invercargill, I don't know anywhere else. I was wondering how far you could go with this. Are we going to see them chopped up into Coronation Street-esque townhouses everywhere? or? Well, first of all, I think the common, the most common street name is Marine Parade in, in New Zealand, so probably we'd start there. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't apply countrywide, which I think probably uh, it will eventually, and, mm. and I think there's an argument that it should be countrywide. Uh, so at the moment, it's going to be the main centres, what they consider being the main centres, which is uh, Wellington, Auckland, Hamilton and Christchurch, yep. uh, which makes sense. They are the biggest population areas in, in New Zealand. But if we look at Auckland, right, we all live here, uh, and, and there's there's a few single-zoned housing uh, areas in Auckland, um, notably in, in, in what I would call higher socioeconomic areas, so Remuera, um, Grayland, parts of, of Ponsonby, Herne Bay, places like that where you just can't get density, and there's mm. a very good reason for that. And actually... Uh, the Golden Triangle, Mount Albert's the, the funny little outlier that I quite like, yeah. uh, which has a lot of these really, really big houses, That uh, and Mount Albert is a growing suburb that's mm. quite central. It's the outer link, um, close to the city, that should be intensified, but it can't be. So I'm going to use that as a little example of how these rules might apply. If you're in Remuera and you're living on a 1,000 square metres with a tennis court and a pool, it's very, very unlikely you're going to chop that up and put that into... 10 townhouses. Yep. 
it's even more unlikely your neighbor's, neighbor's going to do it. So I don't see any increase in supply in those areas. Somewhere like my, Mount Albert, I think probably is is more likely mm. uh, because whilst it does have some really nice areas like the Golden Triangle, uh, the rest of it is quite densely uh, populated and uh, is ripe for development. Mm. Uh, I think though, uh, you know, ultimately my overriding view on this is that's a great thing, but I don't think it's going to be the win for the people uh, expect it to be. Yeah. And if I look at a large, so we work with a lot of larger property developers and we know them, they're not looking for these sites anyway. Mm, mm. They're buying uh, sites that are already zoned, yeah. um, mixed housing, et cetera, so that they can put up houses uh, quickly and they're looking for bigger sites. And, and they're not looking in Remuera mm. necessarily. They're looking in Te Aratu, yeah. Henderson, Papatoi, Manurewa if you're going the other way. Mm. Uh, so, so those people, aren't, they're not going to drive the prices up these sites, uh, there will be definitely windfalls for people who have those single zones in the Mount Albert areas who can put up six or seven townhouses now. Yep. Uh, but otherwise, I think uh, it, you know, it, it is an exciting thing because what it signals is the leniency mm. and the move towards less red tape, less costs to build houses. And we all know that the housing affordab- affordability drum is getting beaten a lot mm. at the moment. And this is one thing that has the potential to start the cascade towards more affordable housing. Yep. And with all policy changes um, and sort of economic changes, well, we get externalities, um, mm. which is what is the knock-on effects to other parts of the economy, to other um, areas that perhaps weren't uh, considered uh, in the original planning of, of the policy? So I guess for this one, we could look at what does that look like for development around the rest of the country while this is only um, – sort of located in the, or those policy is only affects the major centres. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's two things that come to mind there. First of all, that uh, councils in New Zealand are under pressure. Yeah. They have been for a few years and there's a number of reasons uh, for that. First of all, the, the number of building consents getting issued year on year, no matter where you are in New Zealand, it's getting higher all the time. Mm. But councils aren't necessarily uh, acquiring and retaining new staff. Yeah. And if you're a council planner right now and you're working in the council, I don't know what a council planner earns, but I'm going to say maybe 100 grand a year, and uh, you're looking out in the private sector, property developers probably going to pay you at least twice that, Yeah, uh, maybe more, mm. to, to do the same thing. But if, you, if they jump sides and go to the property developer, uh, who's going to be in the council processing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the backlog of applications? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just an empty well, room. It feels like that sometimes now anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and Auckland Council is currently not meeting its uh, RMA requirements to process resource consents and um, building consents quickly enough, mm. uh, which is quite telling. And, and when you, uh, I've mentioned in some other podcasts this interest deductibility thing, what that really does is make uh, new builds more attractive. Yeah. Uh, so on the back of every new build is, is a minimum of building consent and, and, and a resource consent most of the times as well. So there's already pressure on council. So that's one thing that I can see becoming a problem. Yeah. So that that the the first negative externality, or probably the negative externality there, is the the workload on councils who are traditionally a bottleneck for this sort of stuff anyway is going to be exaggerated. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So this is a bit double edged because this is talking about making it easier and mm. less complex, but but ultimately people are still going to have to get a building consent for those sites. Yep. So there is more work for the council. Yep. The second one is, which I think is interesting, I'm still wrapping my head around it, is you know, if those sites, which are already probably quite expensive, single zone sites in mm. Auckland and, and these other areas, uh, go up in, in value because of this, this rule change, 
does actually make, does that make larger sites that are in the regions that don't have this new legislation more valuable? Mm. Probably yes. Uh, and um, I mean, I think probably does it make land in New Zealand more valuable in general? Mm, probably yeah. yes. Yeah. Because as we all know, the value of land is basically an averages game. Mm. So it's, a, it's what everything around it sells for. So suddenly if, if you've got these, you're already surrounded probably by very expensive houses in most of these areas and yeah. suddenly the value of that piece of land jumps up or everything else jumps up. So that might be another sort of knock-on effect of it. Yeah, and it's it's there's always going to be, um, I guess, winners and losers with these sorts of things as well. And you sort of um, alluded to it before, is that the large property developers aren't looking for these sites anyway. Um, so it probably comes down to, I guess, the, the smaller uh, property developers who are looking to do the smaller developments will start to snap these up and, and look for, I'm not going to say bargains, because there isn't going to be any bargains in this space, but look to see if there's uh, some way that they can get their hands on these properties. And can we just talk about Judith Collins and Jacinda Ardern in a room together working this out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Judith is going to be in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just need a dusting of Winston Peters in there just to, yeah. 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 Probably sitting uh, in the corner. But yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole <laughs> politics thing, but very interest, interesting that National would opposed to it being quite a big election thing, mm. being working with the government on this but that's a that's a completely completely different thing but i think you're right mike there will be pockets of opportunities in those kind of inner cities for those who want to play but as you mentioned matt you know for those with you know nicer bigger houses with um you know you're not just paying for the land you're paying for the value of the house if you mm. plan to knock over the house and put something on there which we know most developers are looking to build townhouses um under the average price in the area yep. so the math just doesn't stick up. No. Can I, I just want to jump in for a second because I've just had a thought and correct me if I'm completely wrong here, I'm, I'm fine to be wrong on this one, but does this increase the risk slightly for these developments? And if I look at the um, what's happening in the wider economy at the moment, and I'm again back to my point of, you're going to have smaller developers who are doing these developments. Um, they're going to be further down the pecking order for uh, sort of building materials and these sorts of things. You're going to have delays for the councils. And then you're going to have a piece of land that's costing significantly more than, say, or per square metre perhaps, than, say, some of the other pieces of land where the larger developers who have a bit more beef on the balance sheet can hold it. Mm. Are these going to be riskier developments? I think what you've hit on is probably the type of people that will do them are not going to be developers. Mm. They're going to be probably uh, long-term property investors yep. who are going to build four or five houses on that property and they're going to hold them all. Mm. Or they might only sell one to yep. de-lever, yep. take down a bit of debt and they'll hold the rest. Okay. I think that's probably the market for these these sections. Okay. Well, I'm not happy to be wrong, so I'm going to pretend I was right. Well, you weren't, you weren't <laughs> I know, wrong, wrong. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think you were wrong at all. I mm. think that there's... Without the changes, yeah. right, in a market that's performing quite well and more developers popping up and this encouraging even more, mm. developers go under when times are yeah. times are going well because mm. they can't keep up with the cash flow requirements. They don't have the experience. They're new in, in the game, what, yeah. whatever it might be. So it, it just emphasizes the point as well. If you are, because there's so many advantages of buying new builds, if you're are going to buy a new build make sure you're asking really important questions mm. around can the developer come back and ask for more money what is your experience can i see what you've built in the past um feedback from other clients is the sunset clause on the contract in favor or against me or yeah it's uh, funny you mentioned that i had a client call me uh two days ago 
uh, they're a business owner client, one of their staff members is having has had a, a sunset clause pulled on a property. Mm. Property development is very difficult. It takes time, it costs money, it's a bit of a moving target in terms of materials and these uh, and not everyone is reputable yeah. and trustworthy. So this particular development developer has uh, probably just spent too much. He's and he's taking a little bit longer. He's coming to the sunset clauses and he's just gonna let those sunset clauses lapse mm, and then mm. he's going to resell them all yeah. uh, at, at the current market value and, and that is the risk when you buy a new build and because we've got these rules now that basically incentivize new build development, we've seen a lot of people enter the market mm. uh, and, and they may not be able to pull it off. Yeah. So we only, you know, everyone here, we only work with reputable property developers mm. because uh, yes, you might get your deposit back but you, you miss out on the uh, opportunity cost of, of having done something else yeah, and also any potential capital gain that's accrued to you prior to settlement. Yeah, and it's always that thing where there's a gold rush, there's cowboys, right? And as you open up those changes, as you open up the changes, you'll get people flooding into the market and that's where you see these things go wrong. Michael, well played. Wow. Uh, Matt, let me ask you one more question before we wrap it up. Around uh, those who, you know, the whole not in my backyard. Yes. Uh, is, it, is it the death of that kind of attitude where you, you know, stop that high-density housing in the yep. suburbs? I mean, I'd like to say it is, but I don't think it is uh, because people can still, you can still go to court mm. uh, and neighbours regularly do, and dare I say it, neighbours in Remurera might have yeah. a little more <laughs> deeper pockets. Uh, nous on, yeah. yeah, deeper pockets, a little more nous on how to get to court. Mm. Uh, and I know uh, because we deal with a few property developers, it's quite common for them to get phone calls from angry neighbours and, and, and things like that. But I think what it does do is allow people to to put these up by right and therefore over time people, you know, they might complain for the first few years but yeah. probably the environment court or whoever they go to to do this is going to go, no, well, it's, the RMA allows it, yep. um, bugger off. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to. But don't do it in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to say your street address. <laughs> okay. So we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for watching. Please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to review on Apple. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks.